Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a man podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That is Logan Paulson. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now, uh, because obviously, if you're listening there, our, our podcast is available, and, th- and then you can subscribe there, and then you can have it anytime we put out a new episode. Anytime you want it, and it helps us out, guys. Help us out. Help yeah, us if, help if, you. If you don't want to do it for your own listening good, uh, do it for us. Be altruistic, or whatever that version is. I like that. Yeah, I, I, that's a good word. Uh, I don't know if I use it properly, but we're going to roll with it. Uh, <laughs> uh, what, what do you say? UCLA education? I think that's right. Be all I think it was too. Yeah. If yeah. you leave a comment or however this works on this platform. Uh, yeah, it depends on whatever you're listening right now. If they have a comment section, leave it there. Maybe we'll find it. Uh, all right. Let's continue that thought, though. This yeah. offense is really potent. Um, yes. In terms of their playmaking ability, their capability, they explode for 34 against Arizona, but they haven't exactly been as explosive as maybe some people thought, or even as the reputation is. Right. But what do you, I'm curious what you see on tape. And then I want to compare that with the notes that I kind of have in my file from my conversations with Kevin over the years sure. and how I know he thinks about offense. Yeah, so I, I like the offense. I like what they're doing. I think it's well thought out. I do think that they're trying. It seems to me like they're trying to keep the offensive line out of high leverage situations as much as possible. So on first and second down, it's not all the time, but a lot of play pass, a lot of keeper stuff, you know, very Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. They use a fullback quite a bit, you know, so think more Kyle in San Francisco as opposed to Sean in L.A., you know, in terms of trees that they're departing from. So I think that's kind of interesting. Also, a lot of RPO in the gun, they tend to throw the football. There's a pretty big, you know, like when we're in the gun, we're going to throw. Um, and so I don't want to say they're predictable, but they do kind of fall into rhythms a little bit. And I think that that shows up. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a well thought out offense. I think they do a lot. That's the other thing about them, which I think is really fascinating, is they do a lot of stuff at the line of scrimmage. They put a lot of stuff on Kirk's plate to check them in the right plays. And it's interesting when I watch Kirk's, you know, like big play cut up that PFF puts out. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want to say all of them, but I'd say 25% of the big explosive plays, like explosive plays come off of him checking something at the line of scrimmage. So you're in an eight man box. He sees it. It's a rundown. He checks it to whatever play pass. The protection holds up balls out, you know? And I think that that is something that, um, 
is cool. And it's cool that he brings. It's not going to show up on any stat sheet necessarily, but he brings that element of being able to manage that and put your offense in the best position to be successful. So, like, you know, I said there was in the Arizona game, he went through a period where he's missing all these open throws and just doesn't look very consistent. But then that's where the value add is, you know, because he does find his legs at some point and also just helping your offense kind of facilitate facilitate your coordinators, get them in the right stuff and feel really good about what the offense is doing. So that's kind of what I see from them. And one of the things about Kyle's offense is that if the defense has a good answer for play pass and they're well coached on it, these shot plays that you've built in don't hit, right? They just aren't there for you. So that's something that I see kind of being a little bit of an issue is teams are starting to be like, okay, if we can manage the play pass stuff in terms of shot plays, we can survive the down. Because if you go back to Green Bay, if you go back to uh, New Orleans, they hit a couple shot plays to Justin Jefferson for like a 1,000 yards, right? And that ends up being the difference in the game, and that's why they win ultimately. So um, to me, if you can manage the play pass on first and second down, this offense is not built, is not constructed well to operate in a drop-back capacity for, for the majority of the game. So everything you said makes a lot of sense with how I would imagine Kevin would design an offense when he gets full control. Um, He is someone who definitely has that. Like you would love talking about offense with Kevin O'Connell because Mm. he thinks about it as an 11 man game. It was just something Sean always talked about. Something Kyle obviously talks and thinks about. It's an 11 man game where each piece can be used to kind of free up something else. And, sure. and the pieces can be maneuvered. Um, I mean, even in his press conference the other day, he's talking about the, the marrying of run and pass and how important that is and the opportunities it creates for tight ends. Like, you would have actually really loved that answer because, uh, you know, it was tight end specific because they obviously just traded for TJ yeah. Hawkinson. Um, and so he's getting asked a lot about that stuff. But he is someone who really thinks about it uh as like a chess game and like how do we set this thing up now for later that we can get the big play how do we give our quarterback solutions and i think one of the biggest differences between scott and kevin uh and and scott has been better about this over these last couple of weeks in part because he's got a quarterback who will operate in this way and who thinks about football this way is how do we get the ball to our playmakers i mean i remember talking with kevin about Hey, we got, we just have to figure out how to get the ball to Jordan. Like we have to, 86 is our guy, obviously Jordan Reed. Like we have to figure out how to get him the ball. And then when he would go out, he would just, he, he, I remember him telling me one time, uh, and he just goes, if Jordan goes out and you're a defensive coordinator and you start your meeting on the week, what number are you writing up on the board that we got to be scared of? Right. And I was like, uh, he's like, exactly. This is why we're in trouble. And also like, I think it was actually even in context of like, Hey, why can't Chris Thompson get the ball more? Cause Chris was right. kind of like the next most dangerous guy. And he's like, well, uh, when Jordan's out there, he gets all the attention right. and then Chris is running around doing whatever he wants. And now right. we have no one that scares other teams. And so we can't get the ball to even Chris because they've got extra sets of eyes on him. Like our checkdowns yeah. are covered. And, yeah. and so he understands the power of the talents and the skill sets of a Dalvin Cook, a Justin Jefferson. And I think when you look at like Jefferson's targets this year, you see how he's leveraging that. And so everything you said completely tracks. And, you know, some of the, I think the frustrations that we've had with some of the lack of marriage between the run game and the pass game here, stuff they do really well. Um, yeah. And I think that also goes to kind of what we were talking about with Dane, where 
the run game hasn't been prolific in terms of production, but it's it's been there and it's served its purpose for them sure. to score enough to be six and one. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point about the Jordan thing. Like their guy is Justin Justin Jefferson, and he is a special dude. They can line him up kind of anywhere on the formation. He can win from anywhere, um, and they really do do a great job of getting him touches on stuff that he does well. And I, you know, it's not like this offense is overly complex, but it's kind of this. It's this Kyle Shanahan thing. It's like the illusion of complexity. We're running 10 plays, but it looks different every time you run it, and it marries with this other thing. So you have to kind of work through the CPU, and they do a good job of that. So, you know, like Dane said, Justin Jefferson, like against um, against Detroit, for example, was literally getting like bracket coverage every single play, like kind of like gunner status, like jam with line of scrimmage, somewhere <laughs> over the top. Like it was intense, right? And so that's how teams have, have managed that. And I think the other thing about the offense that maybe has made – somewhat sluggish it's like a guy like adam thielen has not been able to capitalize on that justin jefferson focus the same way that you would think he's been productive but by no means outstanding and so i think the the move for hawkinson just shows kind of they're looking for someone else in this offense to step up and kind of take make it so a defense can't just say oh we're going to just you know punt cover justin jefferson for the rest of the game in especially specifically in third down and red zone so I think that's kind of another kind of interesting barometer of the offense. Like Thielen's been fine and he's made some big plays, but he's not been as he's not been the Adam Thielen from two years ago. So I think that's again that's the kind of informs the trade for Hawkinson and hopefully that they can find a guy. Good thing for Washington. I don't think Hawkinson's gonna be ready to roll this week. You probably have a package in um that'll that'll that they'll they'll call and they'll get some touches for him, but it won't be like he's not gonna be in the offense the same way that like George Kittle is in San Francisco, for example. Right. How, I mean, I don't, you never got traded mid season. Did you? So you don't know what no, it's like to, but to I have, go I have, nap. I have done, uh, I have, I've had to get, so I, so when I got cut here in Washington in 2016, that the leading into 16, I got signed by the bears. They signed me on a Monday. The game was on Sunday and I had to learn the whole offense in about four days, five days. So, so uh, how much fun is that? It's <laughs> like, tough. What, it's like really what, tough. And especially like, you know, if you're Hawkinson and you're coming in to replace Irv Smith, who was a huge part of their offense and yeah. is now out, um, they're starting tight end. Like if you're Kevin, if you're trying to predict what, what, what they do with him, like what, what would you be preparing for if you're the commanders? So, yeah, what I would prepare for is I'd say like, he's probably going to be in a specific personnel group or package. So whether that's 11 personnel, 12 personnel, 21 personnel, and the things that are hard to really hard to learn on a short week are run game stuff. It's just because and run game and protections because like that's where all the little nuances and the pieces can change and the calls can change and you got to learn a language. Pass game stuff is not overly complicated to learn on a week, right? Because everyone kind of runs the same concepts. You just got to learn a the formation. So where to line up, which can be a little bit challenging, but it's not impossible. And then pass game stuff, which I think is honestly the easiest thing. That's why a receiver can come in on like two days and play because they the, the system is there. So I would expect him to be kind of their 11 personnel tight end. I would expect because there's only two runs or three runs you run out of 11, some RPO stuff, probably a power and then an outside zone. And then the concepts. And I would expect him to be in like, these are your plays. These are the plays you're going to be on. And it'll be 10 plays. So he only really has to learn like 15 plays to do that. And I think that is definitely doable in a short week, especially with a game plan. So learning an offense, like learn, like if I came into training camp, the last week and had to learn an offense that way that's damn near impossible 
But with with when you have a game plan in, it's like these 60 plays are what we're going to run. You're going to know 20 of them, and these are the only formations we're going to run these plays out of. So instead of me having to learn every single formation, I just go, bet. I'll just learn these formations and learn these plays, and we're in. So it's definitely doable, and I think it's manageable. It just depends on how smart he is, which I think he's a pretty smart guy, and uh, and how much they want to put on his plate. And I think you can get a, you can get a lot done with what I just described. I mean, that's 20 plays. You're in 11 more than any other personnel. Like, why not? Yeah, definitely. Uh, last thing, what have you made of Kirk's here and, and who the quarterback um, or the quarterback that he's become in, in Minnesota? So Kirk, I think it's interesting to watch Kirk because I think there are still elements of what he was here. Like uh, Dane said, oh, he's got this robotic element to him. Yeah. I still see that. I still see that to him all the time. But I think that's one of the things that makes Kirk good. And what I mean by that is Kirk does a – he does a really good job of knowing where the football should go. And he's really good at doing that. And he understands like at a high level, that level, that kind of detail within the offense. And do you miss out on some big plays? Absolutely. But is he going to screw you over making a dumb play? Probably not. Cause that's kind of, that's like where his sweet spot is. He's not super high, but he's not super low. I will say there's been a little bit of inconsistency to his game kind of throughout, but that's kind of how he was before when he was here, right? Misses certain throws, whatever. I think the thing that's been, and also, he struggled a little bit under pressure. Like the Philadelphia game, Philly did a great job creating pressure. He had a hard time. Uh, Detroit, same thing. Late, like it was like the last play of the game, they came back. Chicago was able to get some pressure. If you can generate pressure on him, he, he's not as efficient. But that's true of any quarterback. I think the biggest difference this year is that, like Dane said, four of their games this year have been won on a last possession drive by Minnesota. And now that possession might have been with five minutes left in the game but they needed to score a touchdown and they went down and did it. And so to see that kind of like game Kirk winning a game as opposed to managing a game. And he was starting to show flashes of this last year and the year before, I think it's probably the biggest difference from what he was doing here, which is where in the big moments you could tell it was a little, a little too much from him. He was a young player when I was with him and now he's kind of grown out of that. And is he, you know, is he Tom Brady, Peyton Manning? No. Is he Derek Carr? Maybe. And I think you can win football games with that level of quarterback, that tier of quarterback, especially when you're supported by a playmaker like Justin Jefferson and a play caller like Kevin O'Connell. Um, but it is not this offense, especially with him at the helm, has not been overly efficient. And I think that lack of efficiency stems not from Kirk necessarily, but from just learning a new offense and kind of learning the wrinkles and kind of getting comfortable with everything in that regard. But biggest difference is him at the end of the game. He's been great. Definitely. A uh, couple quick notes before we go. Uh, doesn't look good for Cole Holcomb and really David Mayo potentially this weekend. Uh, the commanders have called up Dejon Harris from the practice squad and they signed Nathan Gary to the practice squad. Mm. So it certainly seems like they're adding uh, reinforcements at linebacker. We obviously will know a lot more by Sunday, which is why you should listen to countdown to kickoff starting at 10 a.m. on 106.7 The Fan, the team 980 and either station stream on the always free odyssey app uh hope that you like this podcast if you do and you're not subscribed yet then uh do that uh, then you can then you can get more of it uh three times a week monday wednesday friday and also uh if you if you do like it and you're like craig we hear this spiel every week i'm already subscribed okay cool uh tell a friend 
Make them yeah. subscribe. Now, why, why are you being selfish? Share the podcast. Be like, hey, this is good. You should subscribe to this. Uh, we are back on Sunday Live on the radio. We record after the game and have a fresh pod for you on Monday morning. Uh, for all of the late-breaking news on anything, Dan Snyder, sale, in financial investigations, etc. make sure you're tuned in to the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan. Uh, for Logan, I'm Craig, and we will see you here on Take Command on Monday.